Hello! And welcome to Steve and Roland's Beer Podcast. Number 37? 37, I think that sounds... It sounds close enough, yeah, doesn't it? Could be, could yes. be. So, um, yes, we are back. Uh, we are with another beer. Um, congratulations, first of all, to Matt on his launch of his uh, investment drive yeah. for the beer bods. Phenomenally good success, that. Yeah. For those who don't know, the beers that we drink on here come from beerbods.co.uk. Uh, we subscribe. We are un- unaffiliated and unofficially unwanted, I think. But probably. We, yeah, but we, we like beer bods. We like beer bods. We like beer. We like to talk about it. And Matt, who uh, owns beer bods, went and got some investment on one of these crowdsourcing yeah. Uh, websites fifty thousand pounds in about a day and a half, I think it was. Pretty remarkable. From one thousand five hundred people, I think it was as well. Or was it one hundred and fifty people? Sorry, yeah, something like people. that. Which is amazing. So, yeah. congratulations, mate. Well done. Uh, we we look forward to a long and prosperous beer bods. We do indeed. And maybe one day uh, they'll 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 love us and bring us in, <laughs> bring us into the fold. I doubt it though. No, I wouldn't know much. We want that. No, we? not with our opinions. Um, so uh, this week's beer. Um, I'm quietly excited about this one. I'm looking forward to this beer. Yeah. So this week's beer is from Anchor Brewery in America. Yep. Yeah. Um, nice to see an American ale make it in. It is. Also, like this is the American ale. Right. So this is from, like, this is one of the best weeks at researching I've ever had to do. Wow. Um, I'll gonna, be quiet. We'll then. have a good, quick bit of the history, but if you want to read the full history, uh, Google Anchor, history, Anchor Brewing History and Des Moore. He's got a great piece on it. Um, okay. But basically, Anchor Brewery has been around since the mid-19th century. Yeah. Um, lots of breweries at that point yeah. were brewing um, steam beer in San Francisco. That's what we've got in the background, steam. Steam beer. <laughs> steam Gary, we've got. Yeah. Um, steam beer was like German lager. They turned up in America, tried to brew it, and it's too hot in America to brew lager. Okay. So they were brewing it at temperatures that were too high, and they cooled it by having these huge, flat, wide vats to cool it in. So they got the breeze to cool it. That was steam beer. There were lots of these people around, but Anchor Brewery was one of many. They were quite successful. They ended up closing down eventually because of prohibition. Of course. They came back. Quite bad pro- for business. Quite bad for business. Possibly not fatal for business, it turns out. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, they came back after prohibition. They reopened. They then had a fire got destroyed, reopened again. They ended up closing down in the 50s because um, America was going for the big international, big national brands. They didn't want interesting local beer. They wanted bland, tasty, commercial. Okay. They reopened again a little bit later. So after two closing downs, moving premises many, many times, by 69, they were not doing well again, about to close down, and a Stanford graduate called Fritz Maytag was in his local pub in San Francisco saying, I like this beer, and the barman said, well, you better enjoy it because it's the last one you're gonna get. So Fritz went along to the brewery and said, this is all a bit, don't like the look of this. I don't know how they managed to make tasty beer here, but I'll tell you what, I'll buy 51% of it, and I'll keep it open. Okay. So Fritz managed to keep it open, and basically made it into the first craft beer in America. Okay. He was the first, they were the first ones to say, our beer is gonna be more expensive than the national beers. Not as expensive as the imports, but more expensive than the national because we make tastier beer. Yeah. We're gonna have a range. So they had the steam beer. They brought out the Liberty Ale, 
mm-hmm. which won the, basically the first American pale ale of modern style. They brought out a porter, first people in America to do a porter, first one to do a barley wine. Um, very big into kind of seeing a gap there that nobody else had realised that niche was going to be there. Okay. They invested in a bottling machine really early on and said our local, the people we're selling the beer to aren't just local people, they're people who want a specialist product. So, um, that was in the 70s. Yeah. That's when this lager was first produced. So the sale was first produced. Um, that started as five people in 1971. It's now 150 people. Cool. Um, Fritz Maytag sold the brewery in 2010. Yeah. Um, but not before, the, I quite like this link one. They've moved into an old coffee roastery oh, to wow. brew in. Oh, that's cool. Apparently it took them a long time to get rid of the smell of coffee. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, the current output is now 110,000 barrels. Yeah. Which is quite big for, for here, for the numbers we talk, tend to talk about. Yeah. But it's tiny in their scale. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tenth the size of Sierra Nevada. Okay. Um, this is Liberty Ale, I said. 1975, I think it was. 71 when it was first first made. Yeah. It's Cascade Hops. I like Cascade Cascade Hops very much. It was the first dry hopped beer since Prohibition. Okay. Um, And it's basically the first modern American pale ale. And I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so uh, we've poured the drinks, we're going to start drinking, but what do you think of the label? I like the label. I've I've, I've always rather liked the Anchor labels. I think they're distinctive. Yeah. They are... A bit traditional, but they're... It's kind of what they are, I guess. It it would be weird to have a Liberty Ale that had a modern label on it. Yeah, no, it it really fits them, I think. That's the important thing. I love the bottle shape. I'm a big fan of different bottles, as we've known on these ones. I talk about it a lot, but I really like the bottle shape. I think it's unusual. I quite like the label. Score out of 10? Um, I'm going to go with, I think, 7.5. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think I'll go 7.5 too. It, it, It fits what it is would jump off the shelf at me as something I'd want to look at, not for the normal reasons of that looks cool or whatever, just yeah. that looks different. And I, One thing I, I, I would like, I think is, and it's negative, is I didn't know the style of the beer without really squinting. Yeah. Um, and I, I wish it was a bit more apparent what style it was because I didn't know until we started this today that this was a pale ale and I'm looking forward to it even more now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, it doesn't really communicate that well. But seven and a half, I think I agree, um, is, is where I would put it at. So, smells good. Lovely golden beer. Um, yeah. yeah, good colour. Smells very floral. Yeah, like super very, floral. Very floral, fruity. Mm. Very clean. So when you drink it, is it, I think it's pretty much exactly what I was expecting from looking and smelling at it. It's yeah. um, it's a very well brewed, and I think this is it's it's yeah. a professionally brewed. So these big plants, you know, we look at it and people, I don't, but I've seen people sneer a little bit at a big plant because, oh, they've got a big, but actually they have the ability to brew better beer when they have a bigger plant. And we've seen that with a lot of breweries. We know that when they get bigger, the beer actually can get better. It's it's always got that potential as long as they focus. And I think one of the things researching these guys is that they're very much about that kind of, they had a recipe and they want to stick to it. Yes. They don't want to adulterate it or cut costs. Yeah. So... The recipe for the steam beer that they brewed, they kind of set up when Fritz took over, 
and they still use the same recipe today. Mm-hmm. Same for this one, I believe. Um, and I said, what they do change, okay, the kit changes a bit. Mm-hmm. They manage to get a better kit and, and do it better. But the actual recipe stays the same. Now, it says 5.9% on it. I'm really surprised because I actually feel like it actually has more, more alcohol than this. Um, mm. To me, this is a, a pleasant mix between an IPA and a barley wine. I actually feel that, that it reminds me in lots of ways of a good barley wine, but it's still got that clean, hoppy, you know. I mean, you couldn't get two more different drinks, really. But actually, this reminds me of the two combined a little bit in I, a very, I, very positive way. I get what you mean. It's got a, a bit of an alcohol to it, and it's got a mm. lot of body. Mm. It's chewy. Oh, gosh, is it chewy. Um, it's, it really does have a big mouthfeel to it. Um, I think it's intelligently brewed. I really do. Uh, that's the big thing that jumps out for me. Is that it's it tastes like somebody knows what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, and some of the beers we've had of late, I haven't felt that so much. I felt they've been kind of, you know, like some of the ones that we've had with with the beer bods. I've kind of felt that they've they've been aiming for something, but not necessarily known why. This for me is somebody's brewed this for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know no, what I mean? I, no, like they, they, they've had a very clear vision of what they wanted to do, and they've done it, and they've done it very professionally. Um, I think some of the small microbrewers could definitely take a leaf out of looking at beers like this as an educational kind of like, this is how to brew well. Well, I, I think they're a great example of a brewery who, ha- okay, they've got a not that diverse range compared to some of the modern ones who are bringing out lots and lots and lots of stuff. But what they do is each one, they've got a clear, this is what we want to achieve with this beer. But when you, when you go to a good restaurant, you go to somewhere that's like got a good good menu, it doesn't have 20 things on no, it. No, absolutely. Like, it has five things on it that you, are, you want, yeah, and you actually struggle to choose which one you yeah. want. Like, the, and and that, that, for me, is what a core range of a brewery should be. Now, I think it's good to do these stupid little kind of silly, you yeah. know, gimmicky beers um, that bring people in. But having a core range that is solid and strong, like that should be your core range. There's a, a great interview with uh, Mark Carpenter, who's been the head brewer anchor until very recently. And uh, one of the things he said, he said to him, what are your favourite beers? He said, my favourite beers are our steam beer and our Liberty Ale. And he said, I just, I like drinking them. And I think you can tell that these are beers that they, they brew because they like drinking them. Yeah. You know, it's very much... Okay, it's, 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 you know, I find that funny because it's, that seems like very obvious logic to me, uh, mm. that you, you brew things that you like. But I've spoken to brewers who prefer other people's beers to drink themselves, but try and brew for, their, for their, what they think are their customers. Yeah. And I find that's crazy. It's like, you know, I, I, there's a saying my, my nan used to say to me, so like, if you please yourself, at least one person's happy. Mm. If you try and please everybody else, you run the risk of nobody being happy, including yourself. And it must be so hard to, to do like proper quality control if you don't actually love love what you do. I mean, if, when you love what you're drinking, yeah, surely like if, if you keep loving it, that's good. Yeah. And the moment that you think I'm not really happy with that, you've got or, a you're, or you 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 craving for other people's beers, mm. which I've, I I literally I heard this, and I'm craving for that brewery to brew beers like he's yeah. craving too. Um, so yeah, it's funny. So anyway, we should get round to our bottle top ratings because we've rambled on enough about. Or you rambled on enough about I, this. I I've been very quiet. Understated, I would say. Understated by your standards. By my standards. Um, so um, do you want do you want to go first? Shall I go first? Are you thinking? I, I know my scores. Go on, so you, you go. I, 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 I can't find so mine. So 
For me, I think it's a very professionally brewed beer. I think it has a very clear idea what it wanted to be, and it is that. Um, I think that it is very good. I like it a lot. I, it's one of my favourites of recent months. Um, I I don't think I would drink lots of it. Um, I think it's one of those ones that I would I would definitely have in my fridge, and I would take out every now and again to go. Oh, I like that, and I'm looking forward to drinking this one tonight as well. Um, I, I think it'd be it's one that's good. So I am going to give it eight and a half. I really do like it. Um, I think it's 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 a solid solid beer. Well, I went into a, a craft beer bar not that long ago and saw Anchor Steam on the on the draft. I went, oh, yes, I'll have that. And enjoyed a half very quickly as I was on the rush. And this, for me, is exactly the same thing. If I went into a bar now and saw this, no hesitation. Oh, yes. Mm. Half of that would look very nice. Yeah. Um, as you say, maybe not something I would drink lots of. Um there maybe aren't that many beers I do drink that much of, uh, but very well brewed, very tasty, great example of American pale for me. Yeah. Um, traditional yeah. American pale. Not your traditional craft modern. modern. Traditional yeah. modern yeah, American but not, pale. But not your craft kind of like stick as many hops in as you can and make it. Not stupid. Make, make you squint when you drink Just it. Just well brewed. Yeah. Considered. Considered. Very good word. And I entirely agree, even to the extent of eight and a half. Jeez. A first. We agreed on the label score and we agreed on the beer score. That is a Steve and Roland beer <laughs> podcast first. It is. Well, wow. well done, Anchor. Yeah, well done, Anchor. Yeah, well done, Matt. I'm, 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 I would like to see more of these. Like, yeah. I love British breweries, but I see we see a lot of British breweries. We go to a lot of beer festivals. We get to see the bot. Like seeing something like this, I don't see so much of beers like this Absolutely. unless I go to Sturchley or go to. Well, uh, I, I did email. Matt, earlier in the, the year, talking about some of the stuff that's coming up, yeah. uh, I've got to say, I'm pretty excited about some of the beers that, from what I've heard from him, there's going to be some really good stuff coming along. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to I that. I was worried when I saw that the chili plum porter came first <laughs> in the, like, Matt, ignore it's, them, they're idiots. <laughs> it's tasty beer. No, it's not, it's revolting. <laughs> it's revolting. Don't ignore them. More of these, less of those. Perfect. Um... Right, we should win. Oh, disproportionate the note, I think we should say. Yeah, well, we're nearly at the end of it anyway, so let's uh, gulp it back and. Well done.